0: All right. What's going on, guys? Uh, The wrap-up show presented by our friend Eric Lanier over at Higher Impact Financial. I figured uh, today would be a good time to go live on this channel for a first time and talk about what transpired over the last week at Mount West Media Days, also at Pac-12 Media Days. So whether you're here live, whether you're watching this on replay, um, appreciate your interaction with the channel. Appreciate you subscribing or sharing or smashing the like button. Follow me on social media as well at John Schaefer. So let's talk about um, really what's going on here over the last, I don't know, 48, 72 hours or even more. So the big story heading into last week, if you're an Aztec fan was, you know, is San Diego state in good standing with the mountain West conference? So we learned before the start of media days last week at the circa that San Diego state is in fact in good standing with the mountain West. So, that's what we've kind of assumed, right? That the Mountain West wasn't going to play hardball with San Diego State. It would be better off for San Diego State, of course, to be in the Mountain West if they didn't have the opportunity potentially to be in a Power Five league. So we learned that, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, Gloria Navarro is the commissioner of the Mountain West and addressing the media on Wednesday and essentially saying that, that San Diego State is in good standing with the league. Um, this was the biggest story heading in, obviously, to media day. Um, And I think that was resolved in pretty short order. And at the end of the day, any concern about that, I think has been, you know, has been ended San Diego state, if they need to be in the mountain West, whether it's short-term or long-term has a home in the mountain West. We've talked about the specifics here Um, for a long period of time. um, It makes sense for the mountain West to want San Diego state in the league, right? Being in this large market with the success in football and men's basketball, bringing in additional TV revenue. And then from San Diego state's perspective, well, of course, long term or even in the short term, San Diego State wants to be in a power league. But if you're not in a power league, this is the best option. You don't want to consider independence. You don't want to consider another league. I mean, what options are there really to you if you're in the West? So it's a it's a marriage that just makes sense, at least for the time being. So you had that with the Mount West Media Days. And by the way, we were there at the Circa in Las Vegas. It was a great event. I didn't find it to be um, at all you know, odd or there to be any animosity. I thought the administration with the Mountain West was outstanding. I thought San Diego State coaches, Brady Hoke, was was excellent on the topic. He was asked about realignment. He was asked about um, the back and forth between the Mountain West and San Diego State. I think he said the right things. We caught up with some of the student athletes for San Diego State as well. So I didn't find it to be awkward at all. I think both sides have have moved on. And I think they realize that at least in the short term, it makes sense to be in business with each other. So y- you had what happened at the Mountain West Media Days, and then you had what happened over at Pac-12 Media Day. So that was on Friday. The Mountain West met on Wednesday and Thursday. And you know the conversation heading into the Mountain West Media Day, of course, was, wow, are they going to address the San Diego State situation or not? And to Gloria Navarro's credit, I think before the event started, about 24 hours out, she said, um, here's the deal. San Diego State's going to be in good standing. And I think to some extent it took away the focus of the next couple of days away from San Diego state and its future and put it a little bit towards the teams and the student athletes, not entirely obviously, but I, I think at least to, to some extent, well, the PAC 12 tried to do something similar because they released a statement or they leaked some news to the, to the media on Tuesday last week saying, Hey, we're near a media deal, but we're not announcing a media deal on Tuesday. Well, that didn't prevent the media obviously from asking about the PAC 12s future and its media deal. And George Kliyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac 12, was asked repeatedly about uh, the timing of the media deal, about the possibility of expansion, about the future of his league. And the reason, of course, the Pac 12 is of importance to San Diego State is a lot of people believe that San Diego State is well positioned for the Pac 12, but they need the Pac 12 to get its media deal signed. So, George Kliyovkov, Uh, repeatedly said that the order has not changed regarding how the PAC 12 is going to go about this. They're going to get a media deal done. They have said in the quote unquote near future. Now they've said that obviously repeatedly. And for months on end, I think there was a unity statement at some point in February where the PAC 12 and it's 10 members said they were going to get a deal done in the very near future. Well, this week the leak was, it'll be in the near future. So, A lot of people now speculating, well, you have to have a media deal done before the start of the season, right? But then again, we speculated you have to have a deal done by the start of the NCAA tournament and by the Final Four and by June 30th for San Diego State when they had that exit and then by July 21st for Pac-12 Media Day. And now by what? September, the first week of September to start the 2023 season. If they get to the start of the season, then they're essentially free agents, right, come 2024 because that'll be the last year of the media deal. So can they get a media deal done between now and the start of the season? And remember San Diego state starts week zero, August 26th. Not that this has anything to do with San Diego state in 2023. We're talking about 2024 potentially, or maybe more likely 2025. So the order is this that George Kleokoff has laid out. They need to get a media deal done. They need to then collectively sign a grant of rights. So what does that mean? The 10 schools that are currently in the league agree to sign their TV futures away to the conference, which means that if the conference, for example, is able to get $30 million a year for the next five years for those 10 schools and the games end up on, let's say, ESPN and Apple, well, those schools can't really leave within those five years because of the grant of rights. They're guaranteed the $30 million per year. They're guaranteed that their games in this hypothetical are on ESPN and Apple, and they've signed away those rights, so to speak, their future for the length of the term which again, I think most people believe is not going to be a long-term. I think the commissioner said that this isn't going to be a 10-year deal. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as short as a five-year deal, but it's probably somewhere between five and 10 years, five years, six years. I think anything beyond seven, I'd be very surprised by, unless there's some type of look-in where it's like a five-year deal, or excuse me, a 10-year deal, but at five years, it could be ripped apart and they could look at it after five years, or they could sign back in. So after the media deal is done, After the grant of rights is signed by the schools remaining in the league, presumably the 10 schools that are currently in the league without SC and UCLA, that's when the commissioner has said they will consider expansion. Now, the caveat there, and I think by and large, most people have thought that the PAC-12, more likely than not, was going to expand, right? I think that's been kind of the thought process throughout this year-long process ever since USC and UCLA and their intention to leave, which was over a year ago. However, you know, Stuart Mandell in The Athletic wrote something interesting on Friday in the midst of Pac-12 media day, saying that there's at least two schools currently in the Pac-12 that are opposed to expansion. Now, John Canzano, who co- covers the Pac-12 beat, kind of followed up on that in his mailbag this past weekend, saying he wouldn't go as far as say any schools were opposed to it. He said there might be a couple of schools that may not be as enthusiastic about expansion and may question whether it makes sense to wait potentially to expand or even negotiate more favorable terms based on expansion. So I don't think anyone really knows as of yet what's going to happen with expansion. I still believe it's more likely than not for all the reasons that we've laid out repeatedly over months on end, if not the last year. A couple of things. You're going to need Southern California. You're going to need TV markets. You're losing the LA market. It's hard to imagine you're getting similar or more TV money in the absence of the LA market without adding any additional TV market, even if some of your package is on streaming. So what does San Diego provide? Um, Well, obviously a large market, not not nearly as big as Los Angeles. We understand that, but you don't want to punt on LA and San Diego, do you? If you're the Pac-12 conference. So Again, the Pac-12, I think, or San Diego State offers San Diego the TV market. Then there's talk of expanding, of course, to SMU and Dallas as well. Dallas is a top five TV market. San Diego is a top 30 TV market. It increases your households, and Dallas plus San Diego negates or offsets the loss of L.A. County, right, by and large. I think that's right, the math on that. I think if you add Dallas and San Diego, you've offset the loss of L.A. County. So you have that. I mean, you have the Pacific 12 Conference. You're really not going to do business in Southern California. When so many of your student athletes in all sports come out of Southern California, San Diego County, Orange County, Los Angeles County, you're just going to punt on Southern California and give that to the Big Ten. And here's the other thing. If you don't, in fact, expand right now uh, during this window, right, this wave, this TV deal, then haven't you opened up the possibility of the Big 12 swooping in? We know that the Big 12 hasn't, um, as of yet, gotten involved with schools that are currently in the Pac-12 or even group of five schools right now like San Diego State. But once this deal is done, once the Pac-12's future is set, once they determine whether San Diego State is in or out, the Big 12 has been very aggressive. Their commissioner, Brent Yormark, has made it publicly known. He's been very transparent. He desires a league that stretches four time zones from east to west. There is no league right now in the Power Five that stretches nationwide from coast to coast. He would have that opportunity if the Pac-12 does indeed pass on San Diego State. But I think you look at where San Diego State kind of fits right now in the ecosystem in Southern California, perfect geographic fit for the Pac-12 with successes in football and men's basketball, with the television market, with the investments that have been made in Snapdragon Stadium and elsewhere. Uh, With the profile of the university continuing to grow, with the possibility of the academic research status improving for San Diego State in the next 12 months or so as well, I I just think it makes a lot of sense. Now, the TV dollars are going to have to make it make sense as well for the Pac-12. If they're going to get, theoretically, $300 million for 10 schools, well, it can't be $300 million still for 11 schools or 12 schools because then all of a sudden their payout is going to decrease right by 111th or one if you go from 10 to 12 or from 10 to 11 111 so you're gonna to have to get an increase in TV share dollars and I don't know if you're gonna need a full increase for example if you got 10 schools 300 million that's 30 million per school if you add in San Diego State and SMU maybe that number initially is 330 and you say well hold on that math isn't going to work don't they need 360 if they add in those two schools, well, no, because San Diego State and SMU may not come in at a full share, potentially come in at, you know I don't know, 50%, 75%. And maybe San Diego State possibly could get higher than that. Maybe San Diego State is able to enter a league um, with the leverage between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 at closer to 100%. It's something they've desired. I think ultimately it's better off for the leagues if your new members are closer to 100% sooner rather than later because you don't want new members – um, dragging down a league. You want them to be well-positioned to win once they enter a league. So it'll be an interesting thing to watch play out. I'm hoping we get resolution at some point between now and the start of the season. Although I said I was hoping we'd get resolution between you know the start of the year and the NCAA tournament by the time San Diego State had that exit deadline of June 30th, by the time we got to Pac-12 Media Day. And for whatever reason, we haven't gotten any resolution as of yet. But hopefully we get resolution – in the days and weeks ahead. And then you have the whole conversation about is 2024 still in play for San Diego state is 2025 more realistic. And I think the way I look at it right now is, and again, from, you know, my chair, not being involved in any uh, extent inside of these meetings or in these conversations that take place, obviously behind closed doors, you know, with every day that passes 2024, you would think would be more unlikely. Um, And the reason I would say that is because, well, you're, you know, you're pushing 2024. I mean, shoot, we're less than a year away from the next TV deal beginning for the Pac-12, which will be July 1st of 2024. Can San Diego State do everything they need to do? Negotiate with the Mountain West on the exit fee. um, Reschedule potentially some football games because you have future opponents against the Pac-12. Branding, marketing, uh, everything that's necessary between now and July 1st of 2024. And maybe it's a distinct possibility. Um, maybe they're going to need more time. Maybe 2025 is the preferred route because the exit fee is lowered because San Diego State wouldn't be inside of a year with the Mountain West, so their exit fee would be lowered. Maybe 2025 is preferred from the Pac-12 perspective because they have more revenue potentially for the 10 current members in 2024, and then they're willing to share more revenue come 2025. I mean, there's a million theories on this, um, and I do think it's an interesting talking point. But before we can talk about 2024, or 2025, we really need to talk about the Pac-12 getting its TV deal done and then signing its grant of rights and then considering expansion. Um, I still think it, expansion makes a lot of sense. Um, I think ultimately, um, George Kliakoff talked about this, it'll be a unanimous vote on expansion. I think more likely than not, you have a group of schools that would, would prefer expansion. Why? Because you're down to 10 schools and every other power league is 12 or more right now. In addition to that, they didn't expand last time, a couple of years ago, and then SC and UCLA kind of ripped the rug out from underneath them. So there's a strength in numbers that conference commissioners have talked about. And in addition to everything else we've discussed, I think there's a reason to believe that expansion makes sense for the Pac-12. Now, it wasn't obviously only about realignment. Everyone wants to talk about realignment. That wasn't the only talking point last week at Mountain West Media Days. At Pac-12 Media Days, Brady Hoke and the players were also asked about Football, I know, foreign concept, football. But San Diego State is going to open on August 26th against Ohio University. And what's most interesting here about San Diego State in 2023, in my opinion, is the way the schedule shakes, where you have a very challenging first six weeks or six games. Ohio won 10 games last year in the MAC. They're picked to win their division this year in the MAC. Their quarterback is a returnee. You then host UCLA, a team pick to finish in the top half in the Pac-12. You go to Corvallis in Oregon State. Corvallis, or excuse me, Oregon State had an amazing year last year. So that'll be a very challenging game, obviously. And then your first two conference games, I didn't mention the FCS game against Idaho State. Hopefully San Diego State um, will be in good shape against Idaho State. Beat them a year ago. But your first two conference games are against the team's picked to finish first and second in the Mountain West. Boise State on a Friday night at Snapdragon Stadium, and then the following week at Air Force. Teams picked first and second, respectively, in the Mountain West. So, you know, if you can navigate those first six games at three and three, then you have a path to go eight and four or better in 2023. Now, how do you get to three and three? You got to beat Ohio in week zero. You'll beat Idaho State, right? You have to beat Idaho State. And then in the remaining four games, you have to find a way to pick off one. Is that UCLA at home? Is it Boise State at home? Is it Air Force on the road? I think those are all possibilities and then I think the biggest um underdog scenario that San Diego State's going to face this year will probably be at Oregon State. But if you can start 2 and 0, there's a very realistic path obviously to 3 and 3. You got to pick off one of those four opponents. If you don't start 2 and 0, um you know, you could find yourself in a spot where you're 2 and 4 or worse at the halfway point, which will make it really challenging to contend in the Mountain West and potentially even vie for a bowl game in 2023. So they got to be ready to go from week zero. Um, A lot of questions about the offense. I thought it was, um, we heard a lot of really encouraging things this past week. I caught up with Ryan Lindley this past week, San Diego State's new OC, the former quarterback at San Diego State, former NFL player. Um, You know, a lot of people believe he's got a very bright future as an offensive coordinator and in coaching. He's done a marvelous job as a young coach. And, um, you know, they, they like what they're, they're doing right now. I mean, you got an offensive line that's going to have question marks. There's no question about that. Um, you're going to have newcomers at wide receiver because you're replacing Jesse Matthews, you know, an out- outstanding player over the last handful of years for the Aztecs. Tyrell Shavers, athletic player that did multiple things for you. Now, you do have some returnees. Uh, Makai Shaw, you have some additions like Jaleel Tucker transferring back from Oregon who played defense at Oregon, is going to play receiver at San Diego State. Then Kirk Kenny wrote about this. There's been a lot of discussion about a freshman from Pasadena High School, Balan Brooks. So a name to keep an eye on in fall camp, Balin Brooks. And fall camp will begin for San Diego State this week, by the way, on Friday. Um, you have a running back room that, you know, has been by committee, I would say, since the Rashad Pennies and the D.J. Pumphrey's, but they like that running back room um, with the Keenan Christens and the Jalen Armsteads. So I think the running backs are going to be improved. And then on the defensive side, and we caught up with Kurt Kenny this week, or excuse me, um, with Kurt Maddox this week, not Kurt Kenny, of the UT, but Kurt Maddox, San Diego State defensive coordinator. And he loves his secondary. He thinks it's a strength. Um, but they need to replace, you know, all three players, all three starters on their defensive line. Talked to Brady Hoke about this as well. So question marks, but there always is heading into a year. Um, but I think reason for optimism offensively, to be honest, I know we've talked about that a lot in recent years, but getting Ryan Lindley in as the offensive coordinator, having Jalen Maiden back, um, I think is very, very encouraging for San Diego State. All right. So if you're here, first live edition of the wrap-up show presented by Higher Impact Financial. If you wouldn't mind, if you're here right now, we don't buy Just comment in the chat, maybe a hand emoji, a high emoji, or let us know where you're watching from. If you're here on replay, put it in the comments. Where are you watching from here today? By the way, if you're looking for the audio only edition of the show, if you don't want the video on YouTube, if you want to you know, listen as opposed to watch because you're working out or you are driving um, or you're on the go, you can click the link in the description down below. And we have the audio only edition of the show as well. And I also want to remind you, that this show is made possible by our friend Eric Lanier over at Higher Impact Financial. Eric's a San Diegan, huge San Diego sports fan and a huge Aztec basketball and football fan. He's the founder of Higher Impact Financial. It's a Southern California-based financial planning firm. Eric has found in his research that he solves two major problems Okay, for people that meet with him. The first is that he's found that too many people don't have a financial plan, or if they do, it's outdated. And he believes ongoing proactive financial planning is foundational to avoiding common financial mistakes that so many people fall into. And then the second problem is that most of us just don't have clear, defined financial goals. And without those clear goals, it's hard to achieve them. Eric's going to help you get a clear financial plan together for you and your family. The link for Eric's website is down below. If you're ready to get better results with your wealth, then you've got to set up a 15-minute connection call with Eric. His firm is different than anything you've experienced from a financial advisor. You can tell him that I sent you. I've worked with Eric for a couple of years on previous YouTube channels as well. If you're looking, again, for someone to help you gain financial freedom, get in contact with Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Again, click the link in the description down below. Eric, thank you so much for your support of the channel. Um, So again, if you're looking to... Meet your financial goals. Um, If you're looking for someone to help you with a financial plan, if you're looking for someone to help you with a clear um, kind of define your financial goals, make sure to get in contact with Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Click the link in the description down below. And thank you, Eric, for your support of the channel. Thank you, Ian, for hanging out, by the way, today in South Dakota. Where are you guys watching from? If you're here live, let me know. In the chat, if you're here on replay, make sure to put that in the comments as well. Uh, A couple other things to touch on here on the first live edition of the wrap-up show. Um, San Diego State basketball, I think the schedule is coming more into focus for 2023-24. I know it's been reported, and I tweeted it out at some point within the last week, maybe two, that it appears as if, although the university hasn't yet, um, or San Diego State basketball hasn't yet released their non-conference schedule, It appears as if San Diego State is going to open against Cal State Fullerton, I believe on Monday, November 6th at Viejas Arena. And how cool is that going to be for Aztec fans? Pretty darn cool. Raising how many banners? I don't even know. You got a Mountain West regular season title. You have a Mountain West tournament title. You have the first Final Four in school history. Not just that. You have the first national title game appearance in school history So that will be a circle the calendar date for San Diego sports fans, not just San Diego state fans, but for San Diego sports fans to acknowledge, recognize, commemorate one of the best sports teams in the history of the city of San Diego. I believe that'll be Monday, November 6th against Cal state Fullerton. Some of the schedule in addition to that has been slowly coming together. You've seen some reports on it on social media over the last couple of months since the end of the season, San Diego state is going to play in Provo against BYU. Again, these two teams have played back and forth, I think five or six consecutive years in home and homes, really good series. Obviously they used to be in the same league, no longer BYU now ticketed for the big 12 this year, but San Diego state's going to play at BYU. I believe they're returning a game to grand Canyon this year from before the pandemic that they haven't yet returned. And I also believe that they had a two for one with UCSD in La Jolla, and they're going to play at UCSD this year. So, Right off the bat, there are three potential road games for San Diego State. Um, So that's something to keep an eye on. Then we have the uh, the main event, a neutral site tournament in Las Vegas with St. Mary's, Washington, and Xavier. San Diego State's going to play two of those three teams. The schedule for that has not yet been released. It'll be a tournament once the schedule comes out. So you'll get your opening round opponent. I'm making it up, let's say it's Xavier. And then if you beat Xavier, you get the winner of the other side of the bracket, whether that's Washington or St. Mary's in that hypothetical. But that's a good feel for what's going on right now with the non-conference. Will they schedule another um, marquee, um, neutral floor game? Maybe that's a possibility. Um, I think Stanford, by the way, is coming to Viejas because San Diego State played at Stanford a year ago, and that was the start of a home-and-home. So Stanford, uh, potentially two of three of Xavier, Washington, St. Mary's, a couple of those teams in the NCAA tournament last year. BYU on the road, never an easy place to play. Grand Canyon, never an easy place to play, by the way, on the road. Then UCSD, an upstart division one program that San Diego State has hosted the last couple of years at Viejas Arena. But obviously, there's a lot of excitement around San Diego State basketball, not just football, with football getting underway in about a month or so. But with basketball starting November 6th, I mean, that's coming, folks, isn't it? I mean, November 6th is about just over three months away. So that is, um, that's coming. And I've been to the Swish League a couple of times this summer. Um, saw uh, Reese Waters this summer. Um, I'm trying to think who else I've seen Miles Bird. I think I saw at one point Elijah Saunders as well. Um, Kate Alger, I know he's been playing in the Swish League. I, I think some of your veteran players you're not going to see as much. I mean, they're coming off a long tournament run. Um, guys that, you know, tested NBA waters like Lamont Butler. Uh, veteran players like Darion Trammell. Um, Micah Parrish, veteran player, coming back for a second year on the Mesa. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, for San Diego State basketball, which is still about three months away. And, of course, there's a ton of excitement for week zero Snapdragon Stadium, San Diego State taking on Ohio University. Um, We're going to be doing a lot more of these in the future, whether they're live or potentially just shows I post here on the wrap-up show presented by Higher Impact Financial. So again, if you're here live or on replay, please subscribe year-round content for fans of Aztecs football and basketball. We have year-round content for you. And again, really do appreciate the support of our partner here on the show, Eric Lanier, founder of Higher Impact Financial. If you are looking for anyone to assist in your financial goals, you can set up a 15-minute connection call with Eric by clicking the link in the description down below. He is a huge supporter of San Diego State football and basketball. Make sure to tell him that we sent uh, you to him here on the wrap-up show. All right. Well, until next time, again, please subscribe. you on content. Smash the like button for me. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, and uh, appreciate your support. Please let other people know about this brand new channel here on YouTube. We'll have content for you year-round, in-season, out-of-season out for fans of San Diego State football and basketball. Until next time, my name is John Schaefer. You've been watching The Wrap-Up Show presented by Higher Impact Financial. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.